98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Burns and Gambo starts now. now. Straight up to the claw on this Monday afternoon. Good afternoon and welcome into today's edition of the Burns and Gambo show here on 98.7 FM, Arizona sports station. We are live from the Auction Community Studios. My name is Dave Burns alongside the one, the only. John Gambadoro. Hi, Gambo. Bernsey, what's going on? I want to uh, welcome everybody into your final day with us here on the Burns and oh, Gambo yo, show. You saw all the Powerball tickets. Today yeah. is Gambo's. Uh, mm. Jeff, Mitch, you didn't. You weren't aware yeah. of this. Uh, today is Gambo's final day here with the Burns and Gambo show. He yeah. and his buddies from New York uh, have right. Uh, the, was it yeah, that group of friends? All, okay, yeah, they, yeah. They, they, five of us. The five of us. I didn't hear from from T uh, Bone Todd, but Frankie Peach, Joey Bacala. Bobby Mack, T Bone, fetus, <laughs> fetus, fetus. Wait, wait, you have uh, no. Wait, you, hold on, hold that's on. Not his name. <laughs> his Come name on. is Fetus. I swear, it's his nickname. Please tell me it's at least spelled differently. <laughs> no, 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 my buddy Craig, we call him Fetus. Wow. Yeah. So T Bone, Tom, and T Bone, Frankie Peach. These guys are taking over the world. Bacala, Joey Bacala. <laughs> there it is. One hundred dollars worth of Powerball tickets so, right there. And they the drawing is tonight. Is it? Is it tonight? I guess it's tonight. It was a big number, so they were like, "Let's all apply." Oh. Well, congrats on retirement, Gambo. Yeah, uh, you know, it's it's. Uh, so I, I said to Frank, I go, uh, "Hey," I said to everybody, what, "What what would you buy if you win?" Frank's like a young, sexy chick, like my boy Gambo. Oh, jeez. <laughs> What is fetus going to buy? Stop. I don't know. I haven't heard from uh, an incubator. I hope. Uh, I mean, something fetus. to you know. Yeah, it's his nickname. Something it's to help nickname. him grow up Some, a little bit. Something maybe? to evolve, perhaps. I'm, I'm not really sure. Uh, wow. The group thread was mostly about Bacala beating uh, beating Frankie Peach ninth for the ninth straight time in fantasy football. Oh wow! Nine straight oh, wins wait, over wait, him. You, in you're fantasy not in a fantasy football. league with your no, boys not. in New York. They ask me every year. I never get in. Wow, that's too bad. All right, so maybe I'll get in. I'll have you pick uh, the team for me. So this is the uh, farewell yeah. show for John Gambadoro. Hmm. It's really not because your odds of winning. Mitch, to me, I got fifty. I got fifty shots right now. Yeah, fifty shots to win. I thought you said you had a hundred. A hundred dollars worth. It's fifty tickets. Oh, okay, okay. Well, good luck. Yeah, thank good you. luck. Thank but you. I, I'm not being sincere because I really, you know, we're not really prepared for you to leave us tomorrow. Fifty so shots. Good luck, but not 50 really. Shots. Yeah. So while Gambo uh, counts Powerball numbers tonight, we're counting. I'm a gambler. A scoreboard and the standings in the NFL, which say three and O. Oh. Burns and Gambo, the weigh-in. Brought to you by Revitalize Weight Loss. That's all that matters, man. We we can clean up those stuff uh, or whatever we're doing. Um, um, we keep winning. Keep putting putting this thing together, man. Um, sky's the limit for us. A.J. Green, who had himself a heck of a game. Five catches, 112 Ooh, yards. We'll man. talk more about him in a little bit. Okay. Says... We're 3-0. and That's all that matters. The sky's the limit. The Arizona Cardinals, for the first time since the last time they made the playoffs, have started the season 3-0 and after beating the Jags yesterday 31-19. Had to have it. Had to have it. Panthers, Broncos, Raiders, Rams, Cardinals. Only five unbeaten teams left. They are one of those teams. Listen. You look at the standings in the NFC West. The Cardinals are three and zero. They're in first place. Rams are three and zero. Forty ers two and one. Seattle one and two. Now you look at this game, and you know you find yourselves down two scores in really peculiar fashion, right? You have the one hundred nine yard touchdown off the missed field goal, and I'll just I'm going to say this: now. I got no problem with trying that field goal. I got a problem with the play calling leading up to it. I mean, 
You see what Ryan Rodgers did last night when he needed a field goal? He went down the middle of the field to Devontae Adams. Yeah. What did the Cardinals do? Stink and dunk for seven yards, seven yards, seven yards. I mean, it was just, Wait, I on. mean, Kyla runs. What? I, I have a question. I'm raising yeah. my hand. Did you mean to say stink and dunk, or did you just come up with a new nickname? Because you actually said stink and dunk. Did I? And, and that's that's fabulous. Yeah. That's a great way of calling of describing dink and dunk. Accidental brilliance. Uh, that is one hundred percent accidentally brilliant. Stink okay. and dunk. Stink I and love dunk. that. We got to pocket that away for sun season. Ooh, those will be good. I love that. Yeah, I mean, stink look, and uh, did you mean to do that, or no, did you just was I it just, just sometimes a, I talk fast and I say words that really <sighs> don't come out the way that they're supposed to. Stink and dunk. Stink I and love dunk. It. I love it. I love it. Continue, yeah. please. Murray for were. nine yards. Chase for four yards. Chase for ten yards. I got a problem with the play. We got all three timeouts. I'm like, oh. Hallelujah! Cliff's got all three timeouts. He can make some plays down the field. He doesn't do anything. He goes, he goes, dink and dunk or stink and dunk. We'll go stink and dunk. Stink and dunk. And then they kick a field. I don't have a problem with trying that field goal. He missed it by one yard. He missed the field goal by one yard. Yeah. I got a problem with the return. Like, how did they not defend the return? One guy, and I don't even know who it was because I couldn't see his number. I looked back seven times. One guy had a diving attempt at him and missed him. Yeah. I don't know who it was, but I couldn't say. I think one of the backup tight ends. Um, couldn't say. Diving, that's the only guy that had a shot at the, him. The only problem with that play call is that you've got all your big guys on the field to protect, right, for your case. So you don't have a lot of speed out there. You don't have a lot of guys who can chase that dude down. And really, and Darren Urban pointed this out, and he's absolutely right, the real problem with that play was that Justin Pugh got hurt, and you thought, oh, my God, if you lose the game yeah. on that play and you lose you one lose of your, your offensive linemen, you, you can't do that. So the, the the fault is in when you run a play like that, you don't really have anybody on the field who can chase that guy down. I It's it's easy to have a problem with it because of how that ended. How, I don't. How often really is a don't. play like that going to end with a 109-yard return for a touchdown? What, have there been three 109-yard touchdowns NFL. in the history of the NFL? Yeah, it, it, he missed it by one yard. It's worth a shot. I, again, I have a problem with the play calling because I thought it was terrible. And you have to have a problem with their ability to cover it because yeah. they didn't cover it very well. Between that and then that moment where the Jags decided to really get physical running the football, James Robinson had 66 yards alone on that one series where they ran the ball eight, eight times. times. They were down 19 to 10, and you thought, Were you oh, worried? Yeah, a yeah. little. Yeah, me too. Yeah, a little. Me too. If I'm being like, oh my God, blonde, they like they're, they're going to lose to the Jacksonville a, Jaguars at, on the road. There's a lot of time left, so I wasn't panicking, but I'm like, oh my God, you're down two scores to the Jaguars. But then, you know, they had a great drive for the touchdown, and then they got they got lucky because, you know, the, the Trevor Lawrence did Trevor Lawrence things. Now, I don't know if you want to, I would blame Daryl Bevel, the <laughs> offensive coordinator. That's who you should blame. Daryl Bevel. I mean, he, Let's ill advised flea flicker. Like, come on, I man. You just had eight running plays in a row. You stuffed it down the Cardinals' throats, and then you try a trick play? <laughs> J.J. Watt, give him credit. He had a great game, I thought. Uh, he got pressure on Lawrence, and Lawrence threw it up, and Byron Murphy said, thank you very much. Yep. I'll take that back to the house. And it was in a, in a matter of 91 seconds, the Cardinals went from down two scores to in control of the game. I didn't get clarification on this because I wasn't reading a bunch of Jacksonville papers. Maybe I should have. I just got this one quote from Urban Meyer on the flea flicker quote that that's going to be a hard one to get out of my mind. Close quote. And I don't know who if said we, that. Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer. That's going to be a hard one to get out of why'd my mind. Allow, why'd you and, allow and, it to be called? And I, yeah, exactly. I mean, at the end of the day, you are the final filter when it comes to what plays are called. And if you don't like it, step in as the head coach and say, you know, on second that guy's a flea flicker. Let's not now? do a fl- especially when you would 
bludgeoned the Cardinals running the football. And, right. and, it's, and it's not even a flea flicker where you threw it 40 yards down the field. You threw it like 10 yards. 12 yards. <laughs> a flea flicker for 12 yards. Well, it's so precious. Oh, yeah, pressure. J.J. Watt right up the gut. I thought J.J. Watt played really well. Uh, he did. Said that, but I thought he played well. He and, the, and the grades actually. And so just like that, 21 points for the Cardinals, and they're in complete control. And, and part of that was Cliff's decision to go for it on a fourth down, which I thought was absolutely 100% the right Excellent call. Excellent decision. In the moment, you, you, go, go for it. Because and, and, if you don't and you kick the field goal, it's just a one-score game. points. Make it a two-score game. Yep. Kind of, And then you, all you really really need to do is just one stop on the next possession, and you pretty much control this thing. Yeah, and so I had, I had no problem with that at all. It, it's weird to think that for as nauseatingly close as that game was for three quarters, the Cardinals covered. The Cardinals had over 400 yards offense. Kyler had over 300 yards passing. We'll talk four, about him in a second. They forced four turnovers. They forced four turnovers. And three sacks. They, they, they gave up 19 points total for the game. I think only seven in the second half for all of the, the nauseating, and I keep using that word, for as uncomfortable as it was. Man, they won going away. I mean, it, is, if I if I told you on Friday they're going to win thirty one nineteen, you would have said eh, okay, sounds about like, right. Like I'm not, I'm not wasn't looking to win by thirty points. Just win the game. You know, it's hard to win road games in the NFL. You know, what's also hard to do in the NFL. It's really, you know, what's really hard to do? Start win three, three games in a row. Yeah, start three. No, just at any point, win three games in a row. Like that's not easy to win three games in a row. The Cardinals and Browns are the only teams right now in the NFL that are ranked among the top seven in both total offense and total defense. They have a top seven offense and they have a top seven defense. The Arizona Cardinals. So enjoy this moment because I think a lot of it's going to come to an end on Sunday. <laughs> so you enjoy this while you can. Um, you've got three games coming up right now that could very much define the season. Yeah. But you need you did what you needed to do. Listen, they they're they're two and zero on the road. They they went back east. They played in. Uh, earlier time slots, um, and they're two and zero in those games. Yeah, big time. And I know that the Jacksonville Jaguars aren't any good, but they were they were desperate to try to get a win. They ran the ball very well. The Jaguars did. They did run the ball well. So when we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, we'll turn our attention specifically to Kyler. He didn't dazzle in fantasy. Probably didn't even win you the week. He didn't even throw for a touchdown. But Kyler Murray may have convinced us that he has very much improved. In year three. And we'll tell you how next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Back here with you on the Burns and Gambo Show, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Cardinals beat the Jags 31-19. And Kyler Murray, the first two weeks of the season, we were mentioning this a week ago. We mentioned it all last week. Led the league in this very unofficial category of the how the hell did he just do that stat? Right. He didn't have any how the hell did he just do that plays yesterday. None that really made the highlight shows. I watched a couple of them last night and this morning. No real standout. Oh, my God, did you see what Kyler Murray did? All of that stuff. What he did do, and he threw another interception, you know, kind of forcing it downfield, trying to make something happen just like he did last week against Minnesota. But at the end of the day, he completed over 80% of his passes. At the end of the day, he threw for over 300 yards. At the end of the day, he continued to get everybody involved in the passing game. Kyler Murray is evolving right before our eyes, even he's during the game. Right before he really eyes. is. He's, he he was. I'm so proud of him. He was just a couple years ago where he was just a little kid, and now he's adult, going off to college, and we're so proud yeah, of him. You know, he's growing up in front of our eyes. Is what he's doing. Kyler and Cliff both said that this is a game that they wouldn't have won two years ago. And maybe they're right. Down two scores on the road 
against uh, you know a team like anybody, right? And I think that was their point. Two years ago, we probably don't win this game down two scores in the second half. Here's Kyler saying that. Man, just the, I think the you know the mental capacity of this team, the maturity of this team. Um, you know, we, we've we've been there. We, a lot of our young guys have stepped up. A lot of our young guys have you know played a lot of reps. So. And, and me as well, you know, not getting flustered. Coach Kingsbury not getting flustered. You know, us just stick, sticking to it and, um, you know, seeing it through to the end. And I, I think, you know, we knew we would catch a break here soon. And, um, you know, it, it hit and we, you know, kept rolling. So that was, that, that, was, was the, that was the cut. Yeah. Because you look, you know, you, you just, you look at a game where you're down two scores, you're on the road, and you're probably thinking this is not a game that we're going to win. Kyler Murray is not winning any awards this week. Kyler Murray didn't get a whole lot of fantasy points for anybody. He had one touchdown. It was another one of those. My God, he is. I would love to know. It's, it wasn't one of those wow moments, but have you noticed that when his play fake, I mean, maybe maybe being so small, they don't know. They can't oh, the touchdown see. on the touchdown run. But yeah. they, every single one of those is like, I, I'm wide open. Nobody's covering me. I'm going to walk. I'm going to put my hand in the air. Because this, I'm. It's a free ride to the end zone. Mm-hmm. It was another one where it was the fake handoff. To, I think it was to James Conner. He turned around and it was. He had the the, the sky. Everything was in front of him. Everybody it, bit. Well, it was everybody bit. Everybody and he just bit on in the end zone. Listen, what he did do was he was uh, he was really accurate. Man, that passing was unbelievable. I mean, he is not running the ball. I think I, I put a note to uh, to you today that he's got like was it seventy total rushing yards yeah. in three games. Yeah. I mean, he's not. He's not running for many yards, but the, the the thing that stood out to me, third highest completion percentage in a game in franchise history. He was twenty nine out of he was um twenty eight out of thirty four for three hundred and sixteen yards, eighty two point four percent. That was his career best in a game. That's the third highest completion percentage in franchise history. And because he was over eighty percent last week, he back to back weeks of completing over eighty percent of his passes. First player in franchise history to do that. The accuracy. I mean, he's throwing these passes, and you almost—I don't know if you—you—you you, you almost expect that they're going to get caught. Yeah, because he's so accurate. You almost expect when he's dropping back to pass and he's throwing it, it's going to be a completion because he's been so accurate. He, he's been—he's been very. There was a time earlier in that game, second quarter or so. I was kind of going through my notes before the show started, where I do remember it seemed like he was having a hard time. Getting on the same page with guys, and and not everything was perfect yesterday. Their third down conversion rate was really really bad. The only third down they converted was kind of that uh, that rainbow throw that he to completed. AJ Green, AJ Green who, basi- ball. who basically had to stop. Yeah, I mean, it, it was he caught it like a center fielder would in Major League Baseball, right? Except he had a guy draped all over him, and he probably got interfered with. Um, they, they have to get better at that. The, the interception, kind of just the. I'm going to throw it down the field as far as I can, as hard as I can, and see what happens. That's the second straight week something like that has happened. So it, it, it's not perfect, but you complete 82% of your passes, and it's really easy to overlook maybe not being on the same page with your receivers for a series or for an interception in the third quarter. It was mostly all absolutely working for him when he was throwing the ball where he wanted to yesterday. And once again, his ability to get Every single body involved. All of the targets. We were joking about around about this with, with Luke and Wolf earlier. Man, he's spreading out those targets among these wide receivers. I know. Like frosting on a cake, man. I mean, just just as evenly as you possibly can. 
everybody's getting involved. Everybody's getting a look. Everybody's about the same on this team Just right now. Just don't leave that cake out in the rain because it took so long to bake it. <laughs> right? Exactly. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I had to go to a song reference. Oh, which song was that? You don't know that song? No. It's the Donna Summer song. The cake in the rain because it took so long to bake it. Da, 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 okay, da, da, I don't know what's da, da, da. more shocking. And I'll never have that recipe again. You citing a Donna Summer song. I think it's Donna Summer's. Or you being shocked that I didn't know that song. Which to you is more surprising? Cake in the rain song. Wh- which to you is more surprising? That you know that off the Macar- top of your head? MacArthur Park. Yeah, no. You know that song, MacArthur Park? Yeah, no. Gambo, you really? are treasure trove of 70s disco. <laughs> Just an absolute. Come on, how many people at our audience do exactly what I was? Not Donna Summer. It's Richard Harris, MacArthur Park. Not Donna Summer. How many people in our audience? They knew that what I was talking about. When I said, "Don't leave the cake in the rain because it took so long to bake it." I'm going to say, "You'll we'll never have that recipe again." Mm, yeah, uh, no. my apologies. DeAndre Hopkins, 18 targets so far this year. AJ Green, 18. Chase Edmonds, 17. Christian Kirk, 17. Rondale Moore, 15. You know, it's it's, it's like it's the best. Phew. Right, they're the deepest wide receiver group in the NFL. I truly believe that. They may not have the best one-two. Maybe they do. I mean, the best, because the one-two right now is DeAndre Hopkins and Christian Kirk. That, that's your one-two. You might make an argument for other teams' ones-two, but nobody's better one-two-three-four than the Arizona Cardinals. Cooper Cup and the other guy? <laughs> Cooper, Cup is, Cooper Cup is so freaking Co- good. Cooper Cup and fill in the blank? That he might is, be the uh, best wide receiver duo with the Cup National Football unreal. League. Oh, my He's God. So good. He just catches everything. Anyway, your point. I'm sorry. Yeah, the point is that they're deeper than anybody else. Their one-two-three-four is deeper than anybody else. I'll take the Cardinals' four wide receivers over anybody else's four wide receivers. I will. Now, Rondell Moore was a non-factor in the game yesterday outside of the, the muff punt in which the referee's yellow flag hit the football, which was unreal because when you watch it in outs- real time, you don't know how the hell did he drop the ball. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't outstanding in real time. In real time, I was like, what the, what just happened? Right. I mean, there, there was your how the hell did that just happen moment, except it wasn't Kyler Murray. It was Rondell Moore. How did that? And then you go back and watch the replay and people put it up on Twitter and to, to think that a yellow flag would be able to alter the flight of the ball like that is just absolutely crazy. But but Kyler, look, he ended yesterday's win, 11 consecutive completions. You mentioned the completion percentage. Over 300 yards passing. Uh, he's among the league leaders in just about every single category when it comes to quarterbacks. And you mentioned the rushing. And I'll just bring this up because uh, Chuck Harris on Twitter tweeted this out this morning. I took a screen grab of it. Through three games compared to this year, compared to last year, okay? 2021, Kyler Murray has ran the ball 17 times for 70 yards and three touchdowns. A year ago, 26 times for 187 yards and four touchdowns. Yeah, I wonder, like, is this by... I I think because he doesn't need to. I don't think it's like... I think it's because there's just so many weapons on the field. Why do I need to run? To your point? (laughs) Yeah. To your point? Okay, Completion percentage through three games, this year versus last year. This year, 76.5%. Last year, 66.4%. Big difference. Yardage, last year, a thousand, or th- last year, 786. This year, 1,005. So nearly 220 yards more. More, yeah. Touchdowns, this year, seven. Last year, four. Interceptions are the same, four. Right, eight. why, why run when I've got A.J. Green open? Why run when I've got Christian Kirk open? Why run when I've got Hopkins? Why run when I have Max Williams? I have a tight end I could throw the ball to. Yep. I mean, I don't know. Well, I don't know. If I have to look at Max Williams' catches, but you know, maybe he's the guy that's going to get. You know, I thought it was going to be Dan. Or Dan Arnold got traded today. I know. 
Dan Arnold got traded. <laughs> your guy. He's on the Jags now. Your guy, I know. They Matt- traded him for, for a first-round pick. That's how good Dan Arnold is. He got traded for a kid that was a first-round pick. I mentioned the targets. Yeah. 18, 18, 17, 17, 15. Max Williams has 11 targets on the season. And he's got 10 catches. He's got 10 catches. 10 catches. Mm. I mean, so the so ca- three a game. So that's that's three catches a game. Yeah. So Kyler so Murray, he, he would end up with you know seventeen, thirty four, fifty catches as a tight end. I mean, not probably not going to happen. But damn, right. I know, right. Yeah. So, why why run? It's not player of the week type stuff, but it was more than good enough. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, it wasn't terrible in the first half like last week's game. The defense, though, held strong in the second half, again, to the point of the dominance we were looking for. We'll talk about it next on the Burns and Gambo Show. The Burns and Gambo Need to Know Twitter Poll, presented by Sanderson Ford. Mitch is here with us with today's Twitter Poll question of the day. Cardinals 3-0, and visiting the 3-0 and LA Rams next weekend. We've got all week to talk about that game, and I promise you we will, because that is one of the biggest regular season games Cardinals have played in a while. In a long time. Yeah. It's going to be a long, fun long week. I'm looking it's forward to it. It's going to yeah. be a real fun week. But in the meantime, we have a Jacksonville game to look back on. And no matter how many of the highlight shows you might have watched last night or today, man, the one highlight they all played was the 109-yard kick six is what they're calling it. The You see it every day. You, you, know? see, you, you really do. It's one of those plays in the NFL you hardly Just ever common. see. Yeah, there it is. Yes, yeah, so yeah. very ho-hum and average. And I saw one against... In college, I don't. Yeah, yeah. Auburn and Alabama several years ago to win the game. Who who could forget that? Um, It happened yesterday. The Cardinals overcame it. That's the question in part that we're asking of the folks today. What do you have for us? Yes, it is because it is the standout play from the game, despite the Cardinals owning the Jaguars. So we're asking you guys today: Do you ever want to see Matt Prater attempt a sixty-eight yard field goal again? Sure. And we've got four options. So you've got three different yes options to choose from today, Gambo. Yes, but only at the end of the game. Yes, in order to retake the record since Justin Tucker hit a 66-yarder yesterday. That was an amazing play. Yes, because he almost actually had it. Or just flat out, no, you cannot afford a kick six like yesterday. I'm, yeah, yeah, but I don't think it, game situations will will determine it. So I'll go with the first option. Okay. Um... Yes. Yeah, why not? He can do it again. He can do it again. It's not one of those... You're not going to qualify? If you would ask me in the moment, I might have said, don't ever do that again. But but having time to reflect upon it, it's been you know more than 24 hours. I'd be option... He missed it by a yard! And, and, that's, and that's option one number yard. three. He, that's option number three, is yes. that he, he almost made it. I would vote for yes. He could do it again if he wanted to. All uh, right. It is a tight race right now for first place. And having it by 0.5% right now, yes, because he almost had it. 32.9%, close behind it at 32.4%. Yes, but only an end-of-game scenario. And then following that is no, we can't afford another kick six at 24.7%. And only 10% say yes because we want him to get the record. But only 24% said no, and 76% roughly added up said yes, right? I would say it's pretty spread among the big three, but... Leaning more, yes, is what it looks Look, like. I could care less about the record. I could care. I, just oh, I know, we just throw that in. Who, I know, but I, I, me, I'm just saying, me, I could care less about the record. I mean, I, you know, I don't know Matt Prater from a hole in the wall, so I'm not like rooting for him to get any records. Just, you know, but he, he's obviously got the distance to hit field goals from 60 plus yards. Yeah. So 
Yeah, why not? Try so it again. Use it is what you're saying. Yep. That's the poll question. You can find it on the Burns and Gambo Twitter page. At Burns and Gambo, one word is where you can find we'll it. We'll have to look at the film and see. But I thought, you know, for the most part, um, in the second half, we were dominant defensively. And um, it's the NFL. Teams are going to have drives. And that's just how it goes, particularly when we kept putting the defense in bad situations. So uh, we'll get some things cleaned up, but I thought they really played at a high level. It was Cliff Kingsbury talking about his defense and how they played in the second half of that game. Um, it was individually. There were a lot of guys who played, I thought, very, very well yesterday, led, of course, by Byron Murphy. J.J. Watt, I thought, played well. I know you did, too. If you look I wonder at- if he could be Defensive Player of the Week, Byron Murphy. Two interceptions, a pick six. Well, I wonder if he could be the Defensive Player of the Week. Miles Garrett is on line one. He'd like a word with Ooh. you. How many socks did he have? Four and a half. Yeah, probably Miles Garrett. He was in Justin Fields' kitchen all damn day yesterday. They don't even know. They have three quarterbacks. They have no idea who's playing quarterback tomorrow, the, uh, next week, the Bears. <laughs> very... Who's going to play quarterback? I, I don't know. Uh... Call Jim McMahon. I mean, they have three guys. They don't know. <laughs> Justin Fields looked like a deer in headlights in that football game. Deer in headlights. They had, what was it like? By four... the way, the rookie quarterback class it's this year awful. sucks. It's been awful. It sucks. They've all been awful. Yeah. All of them. Try being a New York football fan. The Giants are 0-3. The Jets are 0-3. Both of their quarterbacks look terrible. Indeed. Oh, my God. Indeed. Really, really bad. But uh, this Cardinals defense, let's talk about them let's for do a little it. bit. Because it was... I liked it. Uh, you know, they, in the second half, I mean, everything flipped. And there was that mm-hmm. one drive, that one bludgeoning drive where James Robinson pounded the Arizona Cardinals. Beyond that, there wasn't really anything the Jags did offensively no. that popped. Let's really. go. Let's go through it. This is after they, you know, after that. They went punt, three and out on a punt. Uh, this is their second half. They had the touchdown in the eight-play drive, which you just talked about. After that touchdown, interception on the second play. Next time they had the ball, three and out, punt. Next time they had the ball, eight plays, fumble, recovered by Chandler Jones. Weird play in which Trevor Lawrence, his throwing motion hit Robinson, and then he lost the ball. And then the final was a fumble, eight plays. Uh, Hicks caused it, and Zach Allen recovered. So this was them in the second half. Punt, three and out. So three and out, punt, touchdown. Interception, three and out punt, eight plays fumble, eight plays fumble. Totally dominant performance by the defense. Take away that, you know, that one drive. They held him to six points. They shut him down. Chandler Jones and J.J. Watt had 11 pressures. Five quarterback hits and 11 pressures. No sacks, but we talk about this quite a bit. I mean, it can't always be about the sack. It's got to be about those other things. They had five quarterback hits. They had 11 pressures. Yeah. Yeah, they brought the pressure. They did a good job with that. J.J. Watt, I thought, had his best moment uh, as a member of the Arizona Cardinals yesterday. He played very well. Got to give it up once again to Jordan Hicks, who played his butt off yesterday. He played so well. He was everywhere, all over the field. His pass rushing grade was awesome. He put pressure on the quarterback. He had five tackles. He had a tackle for loss. He was one of the highest graded players the Cardinals had out there defensively yesterday. And so was Zayvon Collins. But again, the snap count, week three, it's still very much 90% of the time it's Jordan Hicks who's out there, and about 30% of the time it's Zayvon Collins who's out there. That, That does not seem to be an opponent-specific trend. That appears to be the way things are going to be for right now when it comes to the Cardinals. Maybe next week against the Rams, it all changes. But for now, it would appear to be Jordan Hicks's job and Zayvon Collins is very much the understudy yeah, right now. I'm just waiting defense. for the fans to start yelling, he's here, he's there, he's every freaking where. Jordan <laughs> Hicks, Jordan Hicks. 
the, the defense stepped up when they had to, and they they did a good job. And that, like I said, they, they, their defense is, um, you know, it's it's a top ten defense. I think it was you know seventh. Uh, but overall, I mean, Jordan Hicks, you know, pro football focus, they had him as a 91.2 pass rushing grade, yep. uh, six pressures, a sack, five tackles, including one for a loss. So he's done a nice job for them. I mean, they almost traded him. They thought about trading him. They held on to him. And it seems like it's been a really good decision by them. I think what Jordan Hicks is doing, too, is I think he's finding a chance. He's going he's gonna to play in the NFL next year. Somebody's going to look at Jordan Hicks and say, look, I'll, I'll take this guy. The Cardinals probably won't bring him back because they'll be ready for Zabin to take over full time. But in the meantime, he has really, he's really helped him. Now, I didn't think he played that well last week, but this week he was clearly a lot better. Yeah, this week he played very, very well. Um, the, the run game is still something to kind of wonder yeah. about. And, and the Arizona Cardinals, I'm looking at it right now, the fourth worst rushing defense in the NFL. Only Seattle, Kansas City, and the Chargers are giving up more yards on the ground. But I said this before, and I'll say this again. And I know you can't do this, all right? But the vast majority of what Jacksonville did on the ground was in one drive. And if you take out that drive and you look at the numbers, they're very manageable well, for then, the Cardinals. Then you, you could do that. Very man. Four yards a carry. Take out that one drive, that eight-play yeah. drive where it was all runs and it was like 75 yards. Remove that from the equation, and the rest of the time, the Cardinals gave up about four yards a pop. That's not that bad. That's not that bad. You know, it's against Jacksonville. It's against James Robinson, but that's not that bad. So, it, like with everything, kind of like with Minnesota last week, you know, they got gashed in the first half, but looked better in the second half. Was it because they adjusted, or was it because Dalvin Cook was hurt? I don't know. We'll let everyone decide. This week, you look at it and go, oh, my God, they just got creamed 5.5 yards per carry. Yeah, but you take out that one drive, just that one drive, and it really was manageable. So everything you can look at it positively, you can look at it negatively. I thought in the second half, they have yet in the second half of a game so far this year to give up double-digit points in any game they've played so far. Everybody's been held under 10. In the second half, they have not given up double-digit points to any team yeah, they've Jacksonville played so Jacksonville was far. six. Was Minnesota three? I believe Minnesota was three. I'd have to go back and look. Well, yeah. I mean, the defense. The you know, defense. We're talking, yeah, not we're counting not, the interception not counting, for a touchdown that Murray had in the one exactly. game. Exactly. Yeah. The, the, the defense you. has given up single-digit points every single game in the second half so far this year. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, the Western Conference champs are back. And DeAndre Ayton is ready for year four. Let's go! Is James Jones ready to keep Ayton here for another four years? He might have a little sticker shock when he sees how much one of the rookies from Ayton's class just got paid. That's next on the Burns and Gambo Show. All right, we take a break from our Big Red Monday, and let's transition, if we could, for a few minutes into a Big Purple Monday, a big purple and orange Monday, if you will. Because it was Suns Media Day today, the start of training camp, and the Phoenix Suns, fresh off of their appearance in the NBA Finals and a very, very quick turnaround, are already on the court getting ready for the 2021-2022 season. It's crazy to believe it, but but that's you know the benefit of a unique set of circumstances, right? A shortened, delayed season, a long playoff run, a let's get back to normal season by starting it when it's normally to be started. And that means that just like that, it's time to get into NBA basketball. There was one guy who wasn't there today for the Phoenix Suns, and that was Devin Booker. This is him on his Twitch channel talking about his COVID symptoms. Honestly, yeah, I'm feeling straight, man. The only thing that I'm doing with no taste, no smell, which is the worst part of it, but I'm about a weekend. I'm going to be back in no time, no time, no time. 
It was announced yesterday that Devin Booker in health and safety protocols will not participate in Monday's media day or the start of training camp. The Suns will have no further update on his status until he's available to be at camp. No time, no time, no time. We'll be back in no time. Listen, this could be a blessing in disguise if he can miss a couple of days. We've always, we thought about this uh, without the COVID. I wonder if you just give him an extra three days, four days, five days, just a week. You know, he... You know, he went into the Olympics. He played. He didn't have as much rest. I mean, there's no, I mean, only those guys that went to the Olympics that were on the Suns or the Bucks. Uh, there's three players that have had less rest than everybody else, right? Middleton, Drew Holiday, Devin Booker. Yes. Those guys have had, like, I can't say McGee because he was out earlier. So he got and a he little didn't rest play when much he. In, in... No, but those three guys got less, re- they, they've had less rest. If Book can get a few days here and there, I'm all for it. I think it's a. You know, I'm trying to I'm trying to to scrounge out another couple of days where he's not pushing himself and practicing and just gets to rest. So maybe a little blessing in disguise that you know that he's going to miss a few days, but yeah. he didn't sound like he's going to miss any real time. Chances are he wouldn't have been doing that much work anyway for the exact reason that you mentioned. It, it's there. It's got to be the plan in part to take it easy a little bit with him, and I would hope take it easy a little bit with Chris Paul too to start. And if there's one thing that there were every single player was made available today. There's so much to talk about, so much that was said. Chris Paul talking about his return and, you know, Monty talking about the upcoming season. But everybody and Monty's big message to the guys was, look, we 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 have to basically start over. We can't just snap our fingers and be back in the NBA finals. We have to treat today for what it is. But wouldn't start- that be nice? I know. Wouldn't back be? in the NBA yeah, finals. Yeah, just like that. No, it's going to be harder. Yep. It's going to be hard. Treat today what it is. It's the start of training camp. We have to focus on making today as good as we possibly can for training camp and not try to get it all back in one day. We're not going to we're not going to get a 51 win season and an appearance in the NBA finals all back in one day. So let's not try. Look, they could but be look- a they could be a better team than last year and not go as far. Sure. I mean, it's the West is still talented, right? The West is still still extremely talented. You know, you've still got injuries. Denver's dealing with an injury, and the Clippers are dealing with an injury, and that that, that would be a fact. Maybe those guys come back in the second half, and that's a benefit for them that they're you know they're not as taxed as some of the other players. All right, let's talk about this DeAndre Ayton situation yeah, uh, because today it was uh, reported by Adrian Wojnarowski. The Denver Nuggets forward Michael Porter Jr., five-year designated max extension that could be worth up to $207 million. His deal is worth $172 million unless he reaches the designated max criteria and makes one of the three all-NBA teams this season. There are now one, two, three, four members of the 2018 draft class who have signed max rookie extensions. Porter Jr., Luka Doncic, Trey Young, and Shai Gilgis-Alexander. Michael Porter Jr., that's cr- I don't even think he's that good. It's Michael Porter Jr.'s got $172 million? He's averaged 9.6 points per game in his it. NBA career. I don't I, I didn't. I mean, oh, man, I'm not a fan. <laughs> I mean, that's a crazy decision right there. I'm, I guess you don't want to lose your guy, It's but that was... I mean, look, they, they reached a contract extension with Aaron Gordon, right? So now their core is locked in. Yeah. That contracts, you know, that core is, you know, Nikolai Jokic and Jamal Murray and Aaron Gordon and Michael Porter Sr. Like, they're tied. They get, they get, 
That's their team. That's their group. Uh, I look at it, and I wonder if DeAndre Eaton would accept anything less than what Michael Porter Jr. just signed for, because if I'm his representation, I can't imagine I would. And if I'm the Phoenix Suns, I can't imagine that you can really negotiate with DeAndre Eaton thinking he's going to take something less than what Michael... I mean, Luka no. Doncic is one thing. Trey Young is one thing. But Shai Gilgis-Alexander, good player. Okay, I don't want to put him in the same category as Michael Porter Jr., but if Denver's going to give Michael Porter Jr. that kind of money, that totally emboldens DeAndre Ayton and his people to say, yep, I want one of those. Yeah, if he's, if he's getting one of those, I'm getting one of those. Yeah, the last time I checked in on, on, on DeAndre and his situation was just a couple of weeks ago, September 15th, and was told that there is, there is no update at this point. No, but there is a feeling that, you know, from DeAndre's side, that, you know, you, you want to see that commitment from the Suns. Sure. You want to see that commitment. And, you know, he's a great player. I, I I think you're gonna have to give him the max. I I think now maybe you play it out for a while, but I think in the end, I think if I'm if I'm his representatives, I'm holding out for the max. DeAndre Ayton was on with Wolf and Luke today on the tail end of media day, and they asked him if a potential extension is on his mind. I just want to represent my city, my team, and you know I'm expecting something to get done so that we as a team can finish what we started, which is bringing a championship to Phoenix. I'm expecting something to get done so we as a team can finish what we started, which is to bring a championship to Phoenix. Follow-up, are you worried about your contract situation at all? So, Dia, you're not worried about the contract situation at all? Is that accurate to say? My my agents and stuff can deal with that. Okay. Here's James Jones on when they're going to address potential extensions for DA and Mikel Bridges. Not that he's going to get a max, but they're going to have to extend him at some point. Uh, we'll address that when the time comes. But for us right now, our focus is training camp and uh, getting ready for the regular season. Look, we've said this before. Say it again. Um, if they if they wanted to offer DeAndre the max, they would have done it by now. And the fact that he, they haven't announced a deal with DeAndre Ayton suggests to both of us that they probably haven't quite yet offered him they might have to, though, the they, max. But at listen, this point, you, they might have to. You could try to get him for less and try to get him for less, and you play it out, play it out, and hope that he you know, he blinks first, right? I mean, if there's... If this is footloose and they're, they're, they're both heading on the same direction, you know who's going to jump off the track the first? Is it DeAndre and his people, or is it James Jones and his people? Look, he's going to stay with the Suns. He's like it's just a matter of he's adamant that he's only signing a max. Now you want to get you want to get your money, and it's hard to turn down a big deal. So there's not a lot of leverage for DeAndre. You okay? So next year you're restricted free agent, and somebody could give you an offer. The Suns will just match it. Of course. They're of just going to match it. And it's a benefit to the Suns. Because whoever gives you an offer, they can't give you as many years as the Suns can give you. Mm-hmm. And they can't give you as much money as the Suns can give you. Mm-hmm. So if we get into next, if you hold it out and you get into next year, okay, now you're a restricted free agent. Just match any deal you get. So then you got to wait another year to get to unrestricted free agency. Do you really... You want to go two years? These guys are impatient. You I want to get you want to get your money. Uh, or if you're the Suns and you realize that DeAndre Ayton, who's looking at other, you know, these four members from his draft class who all got max extensions, if you know you're going to go there eventually, one way or another, are you better off building a good bridge with the player by just offering it to him now, like the Mavs have done with Doncic, like the Hawks have done with Trey Young? You know what I mean? Like there, there is a, there is a potentially negative influence that could be had on player and locker room 
by playing hardball with a guy that you probably are just going to give the max to one way or another anyway. You don't have to get it done now. You, you've said the deadline is, what, the first day of the regular usually season, the first right? first game of the regular okay. season is what it usually is. I, I'm just sure at this point, look, if, if they've offered him the max, it's, it's done because there's nothing else he can do in terms of his earning potential. So the fact that it hasn't been announced yet means it probably hasn't been offered yet. I'm sure he's holding out for the max, and after this Michael Porter Jr. deal, if I were him, I would really hold out for the max because if Porter should get it, I, I should get it. Listen, he's a really good three-point shooter, right? He's a, he's a good three-point shooter, and I just, man, I'm just, he's a terrible, terrible defensive player. Just absolutely awful. I mean, Sons I, picked on him mercilessly man, last Porter year. Michael Porter Jr. got the max is just, that's a, almost like a shock to me. It's like all you have to do is be a you know halfway decent player. You're going to get the max. Like yeah. Shea Gilgis, I don't like. I like Shea Gilgis Alexander. He doesn't seem like a max player to me. Oh, but it, again, it's kind of the it's what the market bears. Texas, your thoughts on DeAndre Ayton? The FanDuel text line it's open for you at six twenty six twenty right now. When we come back, a lot of key plays for the Cardinals in yesterday's win. Some good, some bad. Big red reacts. We relive the game next on the Burns and Gambo Show.